everyone, and welcome to another episode of WWT Experts. My name is Matthew Koba. I'll be your host today, and today we're talking with WWT expert Chris Conrad about how organizations can unify their cybersecurity investments to drive efficiency. Chris is Worldwide Technologies AVP of Security, and he's also a member of our Global Security Leadership Team. He's been part of the cybersecurity community for 25 years. He's built and led teams that both sell and deliver security technologies, consulting services, and all kinds of solutions. Uh, and he currently leads WW's approach to how we sell and deliver security really to our entire client base. He's often tapped as well to share his security expertise, you know, internally with our clients, out in the marketplace to the media. Total expert on all this. Please welcome Chris Conrad. Chris. All right. Great to see you, man. Yeah, good to be I here. I know good you've been be on before with us, but this is the first time in person. How's That's it right. to be? Oh, Enjoy it's the great couch. to Back be here live and in person and on the couch, finally. I know. It's great <laughs> to have you. Um, I'm used to having you back here on the screen. That's right, but on the video. It's Chris Conrad in real life. I love it. All right. Well, as we start out, you know, I know that there's a proliferation of security tools, and that creates lots of challenges, right? Sure. And I've heard you share that yeah. uh, with, with colleagues internally. And when organizations have to manage and maintain those broad sets of tools, you know, it really leads to a lot of complexity, uh, reduced visibility, and, and probably some increased costs, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I also know that we're hearing all the time about new and emerging security technologies out there, too, that are sort of vying to be part of that portfolio of products that, that clients have. So what does that landscape look like today? Yeah, I mean, when you take a look at the cybersecurity landscape, I mean, I think the, the recent stat I uh, saw was over 3,000 security partners, OEMs in the industry today. Uh, there's like unique products for every organization, something like 45 to 75 security platforms, security tools that each organization owns. And that's a lot. I mean, we've had some clients yeah. that have like 16 to 20 on the endpoint alone. <laughs> and so just trying to manage the complexity uh, of that in total estate is really difficult. And so we just have to find a way to reduce the noise, reduce the number of tools that organizations have so they can just have better visibility. They can have just better reporting across the board. All right, well, Chris, I know we've got an image of that, right? We could take a look at all of these tools. It's a ton of tools out there, right? Look at that. Yeah, it's one of my, one of my favorite graphics of all time. Momentum Cyber does a really good job of just categorizing all the various uh, security tools that are out there from identity to, to the edge. And so, yeah, I always look forward to the publication. The momentum comes out with their comes new. Comes out every year, right? Yeah, comes yeah. out every other year. Yeah, it's interesting stuff. Well, so as security leaders, you know, look at that and, and see all the tools that are out there. I know they're talking about, you know, tools rationalization, you know, platform consolidation, technology reduction. Do all of those things mean the same thing? And how do, how do leaders really think through the process of, of working through that? Yeah, it's, it's not a, a new concept. It's, it's been around now for, for quite some time, and it's, I guess, formed into different names. So tools rationalization, people refer that to where they want to look at things like gaps and overlaps. You know, there's platform consolidation, which more and more security vendors now have platforms versus a specific tool. And then just from a consolidation standpoint, it's just people trying to reduce the number of, of products that they have within their environments. So, you know, as, as you are talking with CISOs and other security leaders, um, 
are they, you know, taking a close look at this all the time or do they return to it periodically or how do they kind of deal with like this continual explosion of the tools and the need to kind of continually consolidate? Well, uh, there are a lot of security conferences that CISOs will go to and managing directors and CTOs of, of cyber will attend, so whether it's Black Hat or whether it's uh, going to RSA. And there are hundreds of vendors that are on the, on the showcase yep. and on the show floor. And uh, in a lot of cases, they see a new shiny object and they want to be able to get this tool in place or maybe they've got some friends or they got investors or whatever the case may be they are procuring these tools and put them in their environment. So uh, in a lot of cases, uh, security tools are embedded across an entire enterprise. So it's not just within the, in the CISO organization. You've got networking tools that have a lot of security functionality built into it. Uh, you've got security tools that are being leveraged within database teams. You've got security tools that are being leveraged within application uh, organizations, people who develop software. So how an organization is going out and buying those security tools, a lot of times there's not a lot of guardrails around it. And that's where you start to get the sprawl. And that starts to become the problem where you have a lot of overlapping capabilities across the board. Okay, well, so imagine then that you know, we've got a client out there in the marketplace uh, and we're coaching them through this process, right? They really wanna unify their cybersecurity investments you've got a process that you talk people through. And I think there you know, are three main yeah. areas that you speak to. So walk us through how you engage people like that. So when, when an organization has you know, too many security tools and, and they, they bring someone like a worldwide in to, to evaluate that, to me, I have to look at three things. You know, I call it the three legs of the stool. So number one is that we do want to look at the gaps and the overlaps of their product sets and then align that with a framework like NIST the cybersecurity framework, where you have the tool sets lined up against identify, detect, protect, respond, and recover. And you look at all the tools across the enterprise, not just your traditional endpoint products and firewalls. You want to look at the entire enterprise. And then you just want to correlate that across those, those different domains that NIST has, and that helps. And that showcases where you have those gaps and overlaps. That's just one component. The second component, and I think is where a lot of organizations are missing uh, this capability is how well are they optimized within their security estates? You know, if they have vendors like CrowdStrike or Okta or Zscaler, how are they integrated within their environments and are they getting the full value out of those security tool sets or not? And just optimizing that everywhere you go. I mean, there are a lot of different networking products that are out there, whether it's organizations like Gigamon or F5 or Infoblox that have really good security features and functionality that to be able to, you wanna optimize that within your environments and making sure that you're getting all the telemetry from this. What's coming soon obviously is, you've heard of XDR, extended detection and response, which organizations now are just now starting to get their arms wrapped around exactly what this is and the values that they can bring to an organization. And it's all about collecting telemetry and collecting telemetry from a wide variety of sources, again, from the network, from the cloud to the endpoint. And now you can have a real holistic capability. And that is really important. So now that you've had gaps and overlaps, now that you have a, an integration of all your various security tools and you're getting the value out of your investments. And then the third leg of the stool is, is looking at the licensing agreements of all the various vendors that you have. Many of our customers will buy enterprise agreements with you know, major firewall vendors, major networking vendors, et cetera. 
And they're entitled within that enterprise agreement to activate different security products. And if you have an EA and you're taking a look at, say, an endpoint product that that vendor has, but then you're also spending several million dollars on another endpoint product, can you retire that one that you bought and then leverage the one in your EA? Maybe. But you have to do some analysis and make sure it's the right fit. It's going to give you the right coverage and so forth. And a lot of organizations will come back to us and leverage our advanced technology center to do that kind of testing in our cyber range to be able to, to inject real live malware to see how well these, these security products are, are going to actually work within their environment. So when you take these three legs of the stool, and so you look at the gaps, you look at the overlaps, you look at how well it's optimized within your environment, and then you take a look at the licensing agreements, now you have a good understanding of your entire security state and how well it's activated. Yeah. Well, I like that approach. I want to dig in a little bit on the, the optimization front and just sure. ask you about, you know, because yes, there's the security organization, but then there are other parts of the technology organization who have tools that are That's right. secure or have right. security features. Is that, do you find that to be like an ongoing process that con continually people need to be doing that optimization? Or is that something we can do periodically through the year? Yeah. Or, or how do we do that? I've been, I've been in cyber for 25 years, and I always say that security is a process. It, it's not a product you buy where you set it and forget it. It's not a SKU that you can leverage. And to have an ongoing process, you're constantly evaluating the performance of these, the efficacy of these particular tools. You can't just set it and forget it and walk away from it. Uh, there are constant new threats that are out there. Our threat landscape continues to evolve. Uh, you've got e-crime. You've got you know, nation state attacks and ransomware gangs. There's a lot coming at organizations today and they're always having to tweak and, and optimize all the investments that they have because it's hard to keep up with this adversary and who's now leveraging AI now to attack us, which yep. is just phenomenal. Yep. And I'm going to come back to AI in a second, but I also want to kind of dig into the, the idea of enterprise agreements and license agreements. Mm -hmm. Like, do you see organizations typically kind of queuing closer to those agreements that they have in place and kind of, you know, adjusting based on that? Or is it better to really assess and evaluate the right tools regardless of those license agreements and yeah. implement the right tooling for you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have to do what's best for your organization. You have to take a look at, is it the right tool for the environment that we have? You know, every, every board of directors has to take a look at uh, we'll call it the CIA triad for security. Everybody knows that. It's the confidentiality, it's the integrity, and it's the availability. And so once a, a board of directors takes a look at it and says, this is my priority, these are the things I want to do, it's then the security team's mission to be able to go out and make sure that we have the right confidentiality, the right integrity, the right availability of our environments. And then once you do your analysis, then you can go take a look at that enterprise agreement that you may have and see if it's the right fit or not. And it might not be. You might have to go spend several million dollars on a particular security tool because the one that's in part of the EA may not be the right answer. Yeah. But typically that's going to be worth it to do, yeah? 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, you mentioned AI, artificial intelligence a moment <laughs> ago. And, you know, clearly that's all the rage this year with sure. the rise of ChatGPT, OpenAI, and Absolutely. so forth. Um, and I'm sure that, you know, existing security technologies out there are adding AI features or calling it an existing feature AI in some cases. <laughs> That's right. And then there are plenty of new tools coming on the scene as well. So in that broad tool landscape and the idea of this unifying our cybersecurity investments, mm -hmm. is AI going to help or is it going to just add new challenges to the mix? 
Yeah, so Jen Easterly, who is the director of, of CISA, the Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency, she made a comment back in the spring timeframe where she said that AI is uh, one of the most powerful capabilities of our time, but she also made a comment and said it's also one of the most, could be one of the most powerful weapons of our time. Mm -hmm. And so every single organization needs to build a strategy around AI and how are they gonna protect the AI model and how are they gonna leverage that? And so again, that goes back to a continuous process. And that's where the board of directors needs to have continuous assessments. They need to have the right policies and procedures and standards and guidelines in place to be able to go do this. And then organizations can figure out how do I want to leverage AI to defend us? As I mentioned just a few minutes ago, you know, uh, our adversaries are getting smarter and smarter. They're leveraging the same technologies that we are. Um, they're leveraging AI to come after us and to attack us. So we just have to have the appropriate responsibilities and guardrails to wrap around you know, implementing AI across the entire business. Mm -hmm. Well, listen, I know um, recently you hosted and moderated a conversation between our CEO, Jim Cavanaugh, oh, fun. and yeah. uh, Dave DeWald, the CEO of Night Dragon. That's right. Uh, which is super fun. It was right here in the same room. Uh, enjoyed being there listening. But what were, what were your top takeaways from that? Just... Um, Two legends of the business. I mean, yeah, Dave DeWald is just absolutely uh, entrenched in the security community and industry. And just hearing their insights, hearing their perspectives, seeing their experience just across technology and cyber across the board, uh, which for, for me, it was a, a highlight of my career. Yeah, excellent. Well, it was fun seeing you up on stage with them. And any of you out there would like to check that out, you know, a replay of that is available out on WWT.com. So, so check it out. Um, all right, Chris, so my last question for you, I always like to ask our experts to sort of look ahead to the future. So I'm curious, as you look forward, you know, on the, the broad cybersecurity space, what are you excited to see coming up the next two to five years? What are you nervous about? You know, predict, predict the future for us a little bit. Yeah, that's going to be, uh, that's a challenge. So I think if you look at what's going on in the industry today, obviously just wrapping our arms around AI and, and making sure that we have uh, the right parameters around that and how we're going to go take that to market from a security standpoint, that's going to be around for, for quite some time. Yep. Um, I think for me, too, is just around resilience, uh, cyber resilience, operational resilience. Um, organizations still haven't done this at scale. You know, we're still talking to a lot of organizations and customers who are trying to figure out what that strategy is going to look like moving forward. Um, we have a massive skill shortage right now when it comes to cybersecurity. Um, according to various surveys and stats, I think it's the ISC squared, 2.72 million jobs available right now when it comes to security. So, I mean, there's a massive shortage in that. We have to get younger. We have to get more diverse. We have to get more people in the game. You know, you know, not only selling security, but just being able to go out there and defend these organizations. So that's a big deal. And then one that's probably near and dear to my heart is just organizations having the appropriate levels of visibility within their environments. Too many people just don't know what they don't know. You know, they have inaccurate CMDBs. They, they have too many applications that they don't know that's out there. There's an explosion of IoT devices that organizations are trying to figure out what's out there on my network. So to me, that's, I think, going to be driving uh, our business over the next mm -hmm. several years. And um, I think things that make me nervous, um, just the amount of, as I said a few minutes ago, ransomware gangs, nation state attacks, 
just geopolitical conflict that's out there. Um, obviously with the, the war in, in the Ukraine and just tensions in China and other places is really starting to, to impact uh, our cyber business for sure. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I admire your deep expertise. You've been in this field forever. I also sort of wonder, like, does a guy like you move through the world sort of nervous about all that's going to happen any minute? Or do you move through the world sort of confident knowing that, you know, you've got the skills, the world's got the skills to, to deal with all these things? I'm pretty nervous, Are you? to, to okay. be honest with you. I and mean, I take a look at just infrastructure in general and, you know, our critical infrastructure. So whether it's, you know, oil and gas or the financial sector, or the healthcare sector, and our adversaries are coming after that space. Yep. And we have to do everything we can to make sure that we're going to secure it. Um, at the end of the day, security is a team sport. And then the only way we've got a, a fighting chance to defend ourselves against this adversary um, is just to be able to leverage uh, our secure altogether messaging that we have here at Worldwide. Yep. I mean, it's, it's everybody's responsibility. We need our partners engaged. We need our customers engaged. And we need all our employees engaged to make this a safer world, for sure. Yeah. I love that idea of secure altogether. Uh, it's good stuff. Um, well, Chris Conrad, thanks so much for joining us today. It's been great yeah, having you Yeah, it's great here. to be here in person. Yeah. yeah, look forward to the next one. And thank you for joining us as well. Uh, another fun, fun WWT expert session. Lots more coming up on the calendar. Plenty in the back catalog on demand to check out anytime at wwt.com slash events. Check that out, and many of you might get a little survey via email from tuning in here. Love to hear from you. Uh, let us know how we did, and let us know if you want to get in touch. Thanks for coming today, and we will see you next time.